Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SAP Learning Insights Podcast. I'm your host, David Chaviano, today with Anastasia Szenski to talk about being a cybersecurity developer. What is it? How do you learn to become one? And what are some unexpected facts about the job? Welcome to the podcast, Anastasia. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, with the start of every episode, we want to get our hero origin story. Who are you? Where are you from? What is your educational background? And what's your job? Sure. So I spent my childhood in Connecticut and Vermont. For those who don't know, they're both states in the northeast of the U.S. I followed my passion and I studied Russian literature and university. After studying abroad in Russia, I was introduced to the world of cybersecurity and I fell in love. So I decided to go back to school to get my master's in cybersecurity, and I am currently finishing up my thesis at the University of California, Berkeley right now. I've been working at SAP for about two years as a cloud security engineer. So the terms developer and engineer are almost interchangeable, but I think a security engineer takes a bit more of a holistic approach. Okay, sounds good. Just to linger on, on your background there, Russian literature, that's, that's quite the departure that you took. You have a little background on that, on um, what took you down that route and how that transition happened. Yeah, so I'm a big nerd. I loved reading. I always loved Russian literature. Russian and French were my uh, two favorite courses. So I figured I might as well focus on what I love at university. Looking back, it was really great, but it didn't prepare me at all for a career other than maybe a professor or like a translator. So glad I found uh, cybersecurity. <laughs> okay, uh, very cool. Can you give a general description of someone specializing in cybersecurity? What are they responsible for? Sure. So there are many different career paths in cybersecurity, but I'd say the general goal of the field is just to protect assets. There are three general categories, red team, blue team, and a purple team. So a red team takes more of an offensive approach. These are the people who try to hack into your systems to make sure it's secure. On the other side of the coin, there are people who are on the blue team. Uh, they focus on just building up a company's defense. I work on this type of cybersecurity. And a purple team is a combination between the two. So they all are using different tactics, but their common goal is basically just improving security. Okay. Would would there be like a a level of experience or, or different levels of experience that would be required for each team? So would you generally find the most experienced people on one team or the other? I don't think so. I would say that a blue team is more difficult. For a red team or someone who's trying to hack into a system, you just really need to be successful once. Mm -hmm. For a blue team, you have to prevent the attack every single time. So it's definitely more difficult. Okay. Yeah, it's, it sounds kind of fun, though, like uh, sort of a gamified approach and com competition. Yeah, definitely. Work. Cool. Definitely. So going back, like, I think we, we covered a little bit of this already in your um, introduction, but finding this area of expertise, how did you just happen across it? Or was it something a professor mentioned? And what about it specifically uh, drew you in to cybersecurity? Yeah, so... Like I mentioned, I first learned about it when I was in Russia. I went there for about three years, th sorry, three months, <laughs> I wish three years, to learn Russian just to, so I could speak better. 
Um, and I met quite a few people there who worked in cybersecurity and computer science related fields. And I was just completely enthralled when they told me about their jobs. I was lucky enough to shadow one of them at their company. Since he owned his own cybersecurity consulting company, I was able to do that. And it was really great hands-on introduction to what cybersecurity professionals exactly do. Okay. And you would say that was probably your first practical step towards entering the field. Was that shadowing, right? Yeah, I never really heard about it before meeting these people. I don't think it's a very common profession in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Over there, it seems to be quite common. Okay. <laughs> um, for reasons, um, we will leave up to the listeners to, uh, <laughs> to figure out. Are all cybersecurity specialist developers or is there alternative roles in the area? So you mentioned already red team, blue team, purple team. So within those teams, is there a subset of different flavor of cybersecurity expert? Oh, yeah, definitely. So there's a ton of different roles. Some roles like a penetration tester or a security engineer, like what I do, uh, they involve more coding and development skills. But there are a lot of different roles that require kind of mix of technical, analytical, strategic. Um, there are a lot of non-developer focused roles as well, like people who work in compliance. They just need a strong understanding of security principles and tools, but no coding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would the category of, um, maybe you can tell me, there's a particular attack uh, used that strictly utilizes psychology, where somebody can manipulate an end social user. Social engineering. Exactly, social engineering, <laughs> right? It completely slipped my mind. Is that also a category that falls under the cybersecurity team? So do you have people with particular specialties in human behavior, psychology, that sort of thing that make up the team? Yeah, definitely. That's more of a red team thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very interesting. I met a bunch of people who do that at a cybersecurity conference I was at a few months ago. So <laughs> part of their jobs are to try to physically get into a company and see if their physical security tools are in place. So like checking someone's badge and seeing if they let people just in the door and mm -hmm. go onto a computer without any without anyone stopping them. So these people, they wear things like a FedEx uniform. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they pretend to be a printer maintenance people. I mean, it's really fascinating. And yeah, it definitely takes some psychology and uh, good people skills to trick people. Okay. That that sounds like a, a lot of fun once again. It's so very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Until uh, this is probably amongst all the other career insights we've done, this one sounds the most fun to me. Maybe... uh I'm due for a change. Um, <laughs> no worries. My managers probably won't listen this far into the podcast, so I'm free <laughs> to say that. All right. So what can you do like a breakdown, a uh, rough percentage of your expertise? How much of that is gained from your formal study, like during your master's degree, like industry certifications that I assume you've done independent of your studies, maybe, and uh, on the job experience? So do you have like a breakdown of how much of what comes from uh, these sources of knowledge? Yeah. So I really learned a ton from my master's. As I said, I didn't study cybersecurity or even computer science. So I really took school seriously and learned as much as I could. It's also pretty expensive. So <laughs> got to really make it worth it. I always 
also love school. And I found that having someone to teach me and give me feedback really helped me learn. I don't have any cybersecurity specific certifications yet. The ones I have are more general to uh, software tools or um, software principles. And I definitely learned a lot on the job. So I'd probably say it's maybe a 70% formal education, 30% job split for me. But I think everyone's different. I know a lot of people don't like school or don't learn that way. So probably more on the job knowledge would be more common. Okay. Uh, And at what point did you find SAP? So you started to go in that direction academically. And I assume you just started looking at job postings or was it was there more to it? Yeah, so I got contacted by a recruiter from SAP on LinkedIn, actually. I had a really tough time getting a job due to the pandemic, Mm. but I think it was near the end of 2021, I started getting all these recruiters contacting me. felt great. (laughs) And I just felt like the team that I'm currently on offered me a lot of flexibility, especially to find exactly what I wanted to specialize in in cybersecurity. So I chose SAP. Okay, very cool. So when you have um, recruiters contacting you on a regular basis, I think that's when you realize you've probably made a correct choice in <laughs> terms of career specialization and uh, academic direction. So well, well done. Uh, it must be a good feeling. I, yeah. uh, I, sh- I should probably start my LinkedIn account and see if that happens to me. I doubt it. <laughs> LinkedIn's um, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Uh, Well, I think you more or less covered the next one, um, but maybe just to break it down in a more formal basis to get an idea what your your CBE looked like before you started SAP. So um, what qualifications did you have before starting? Yeah. So again, it was really tough getting a job during the pandemic. So I decided, why not start my own company? (laughs) I know quite a few people. I live in New York and uh, quite a few people have their own small business here. So These people I knew needed a security consultant. So I did that for about a year. Uh, It was really great to be my own boss, but also super stressful just knowing that a company's security depended solely on me and my decisions. Mm -hmm. So I still have that company, but it's more on the back burner right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. So going into SAP, you already had that um, self-employment experience to maybe offer in terms of practical experience definitely and and if, if i may ask how did you land your first client because my understanding is that you went from the academic field to starting your own business how did that discussion go with your with your initial client uh, in terms of expectations requirements that sort of thing because as far as i can tell many employers out there are, are absolutely terrified of any applicant that does not have 10 years of experience at a minimum in every single uh area that they're requesting experience in Oh, yeah, definitely. I see that on job postings all the time, like five years minimum experience for a beginner's role. It's insane. <laughs> um, so my first hire was a friend of mine. It was pretty funny. So she owns her own small business with about five employees, but she kept getting hacked like repeatedly. Every few months she was getting hacked. It was ridiculous and also a bit funny. Uh, so <laughs> she was begging me, please help, please help. So yeah, I looked into her, what she was doing wrong. Of course, same password everywhere. Super uh, simple password that's already been leaked. Okay. I mean, yeah, kind of asking for it. 
indeed. All right, so uh, interesting. Yeah, but that's an interesting path. Like I don't, I don't think I've heard anybody doing like freelance self-employment first and then moving on to a larger employer from there. That's a interesting path to have taken. Yeah, it's the only option, really. <laughs> oh, lower uh, lower stress. I hope now. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, so the next question I have is, I think it's something we discussed offline in a separate call. My assumption about cybersecurity, for example, in SAP specifically, is that you go into SAP and then you need to specialize in SAP HANA. So now your cybersecurity for this specific module of SAP S4 HANA, for example, is that how it works? Like, do you need to familiarize yourself with a product of SAP and then you are assigned to that product and assigned to make that particular piece of the product secure? Or... Is there a different approach to specialization uh, in cybersecurity for SAP? No, that's more of a software development type of thing. Like for software development, you have to focus if you want to do front end or back end or full stack. But for cybersecurity, it's mostly just the principles that are kind of across the board. You definitely don't need to specialize in one particular thing. And I know quite a few people here at SAP who are generalists. But I actually found what I wanted to specialize in about a year ago. So I took a class in cryptography, and it was just absolutely amazing. Cryptography, for those who don't know, it's a type of mathematics that is used to create secure communications between you know one or more people. So a good analogy for what it is, I, I know it's kind of a hard to grasp. I try to explain it to my mom and she still has no idea. (laughs) So it's like if you want to send a letter to someone, but you don't want anyone to understand it. So cryptography is like putting that letter in a letterbox that only one person has the right key that could open it and understand what the letter is. So thankfully, I've been working with another team for about a year now on cryptography. And it's been really great actually applying what I like in in a job. Awesome. As a short aside, maybe a tangent. Uh, surely, are you familiar with the um, Cicada thirty three zero one? Oh yeah, um, project. Okay, <laughs> super <laughs> I, interesting. I, I, that was so so far beyond my level of understanding of cryptography, but uh, it's still a, a fascinating story to to read and listen about. I think they have a Netflix like documentary on it, right? Okay, I think there I'll, is. Yes, I'll check it out then. <laughs> All right. Um, so. You're specializing in cryptography and within the context of a particular piece of SAP somewhere. In what way does cryptography apply to the particular thing that you're working on? Or if you're allowed to say, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to go into corporate secrets here. Uh, you let me know if you're not allowed to disclose that. But uh, just curious, specifically within SAP, uh, a particular SAP product, can you disclose what you're doing there? Yeah, so the team I work on is the data custodian team. Mm -hmm. It is a product we sell to our customers, mostly the ones that use SAP S4 HANA. Yeah, I work for that team. It's uh, really great. I can't really say what we're doing with cryptography. That is uh, a secret, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's super interesting. Yeah, and these uh, cryptography is definitely something that you can use it for a bunch of different products or even companies it's not something that's specific to one product at all okay um and and when you are working with a product how familiar do you need to be with it i assume 
again, my my naivete, I'm assuming you need to be as familiar with a particular piece of the product as the people who wrote the source code, right? Or is that misguided? Yeah, it definitely depends on what you do. For this team, I'm in a architecture kind of role. So I'm giving them the big picture of what we should implement. Um, and they're handing that off to developers to actually write the code for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, someone in my position should have a pretty good understanding of how the product works and all the different moving pieces, but not necessarily knowing the source code. Okay, got it. Do you get to do any, like uh, you mentioned already that you're more in the blue team type of uh, role, but have you gotten the chance to, to take a crack at any red team type of stuff? Um, Currently, no. But when I was working for my company, I did get to write phishing emails um, and I use those to try to trick the employees to open them and respond to them. And that was just a ton of fun. I really loved it. Were you successful? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again, this this sounds like a blast. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm not, I'm not sure if uh, you could get into this for, in terms of on the SAP side, just, you, you tell me, um, but... Is there a way to get bug bounties or do internal employees get bug bounties if they find exploits or security holes in a particular product? So if you work for a company and you find a vulnerability or a bug, uh, you can't get a bounty on it, unfortunately. But you can if you find it in another company's product. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, people do this full time for career. They make a good amount of money doing bug bounties. When I have more free time, I definitely want to do more of that. But I actually did find a vulnerability while I was working here at SAP a few months ago, actually, Mm -hmm. in a open source software. I can't name them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I reported it to their developers, and they actually implemented the changes I suggested. So that was super cool. Oh, wow. So that's... uh really satisfying no bounty though <laughs> yeah okay but still uh just just the glory <laughs> yeah and the feeling of, of having uh had an impact on a product yeah uh, exactly very cool what do you what would you say is most misunderstood about your job so i think when people think of cybersecurity, they tend to think of a guy in a hoodie who's i don't know hacking into some system so i want to say we're not all criminals <laughs> <laughs> And I and I really think it, cybersecurity professionals are actually essential to keep the world running. I mean, without security, you couldn't have a bank account without it getting hacked. Okay. Every part of uh, anything that's connected to the internet has to have a security system in place. Indeed. I, I imagine any significant presence on the internet is probably getting probed or attacked uh, at least... Constantly. Tens of thousands <laughs> of times, maybe, by armies of botnets yeah. out there looking for vulnerabilities. So, all right. So it, it is a noble profession and very relevant, which maybe covers part of the next question. What's the best part of this job? Best part, it's a really interesting field. It's super wide and constantly changing. And I think that's really fascinating, uh, especially all the buzz around AI. I feel like there's a lot of new and interesting work that needs to be done in security. So that's my favorite part. Okay. And the worst part? Worst part is I, I just keeping up with the news. So there's always so much going on, like constant attacks, new attacks, and 
security breaches and I just never feel fully caught up. Mm-hmm. I'm still need to write some code that uh, collects and summarizes daily news. <laughs> okay. That'll probably make your life a little bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> and and speaking of code and having programs do things for you, uh, everybody at the moment always thinks of AI. So that's the eternally painful buzzword that people are I think, getting a little <laughs> sick of hearing. But uh, how do you foresee the emergence of AI impacting your job in the future? And in two ways, right? So in terms of facing um, opponents that are artificial intelligence and um, AI assistants that will help you do your job. So where do you see that going? So I 100% think that the future of cybersecurity will be AI versus AI. It's such a powerful tool that could be used for both defenders and attackers. And we're already seeing automated attacks with AI assistance. A lot of phishing emails have gotten a lot better recently since the public launch of generative AI tools. And um, what I think is really scary is that more and more things are getting connected to the internet that really don't need to be, mm. like smart refrigerators, a smart thermostat. I know my friend has a smart thermostat. It's insane. It, it's totally unnecessary and has the potential to be weaponized if someone wants to. Um, and I think with AI, these less skilled hackers can develop these kind of attacks and scale them even faster. So that's pretty scary to think about. Okay. Um, but on a positive note, I think uh, AI can can help defenders as well. I'm currently working on some developing some security tools that use LLMs to help bolster the security here at SAP. So it's really exciting, kind of scary. <laughs> so so you'll probably be at the bleeding edge of any sort of novel emergence of attacks and or hopefully <laughs> defense that would rapidly emerge. So you'll be one of the first people to see it happening in real time. Definitely. I hope so. Okay. So if you had not followed this path, so we already have a hint here, uh, given your initial study path, um, <laughs> where would you potentially be if, if you never found cybersecurity? I'm imagining an lecture hall, but you tell me. <laughs> oh, I, I never wanted to be a professor. I hate public speaking. <laughs> okay. Um, but I actually wanted to be a lawyer before I found out about cybersecurity, but I'm really happy I, I did not go down that path. I think I would have been an awful lawyer and all the my friends who are lawyers are miserable. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, happy with what I decided to do. Okay, very cool. And as we've taken up uh, close to 30 minutes of your valuable time, um, while the world is out there waiting for you to counter uh, the the many dozens of potential attacks that have already uh, come our way, do you have any parting words of wisdom for those in the audience who may be considering pursuing a career in cybersecurity? Yeah, I think it sounds intimidating to get started, but it really isn't. There's a lot of tools online that can help you learn and get started. I really recommend uh, Try Hack Me. It's a great website. and I think it really helped me prepare for my first job. And I think it's a very interesting and dynamic career path. So I really recommend it to anyone who's considering it and anyone who likes to learn new things or they're not satisfied with doing the same thing every day highly recommend very cool thanks a lot Anastasia for your time and your wisdom (laughs) thank you David thanks for having me and thanks everybody out there for listening until the end until next time 
Let's keep learning. Bye.